Hey guys, welcome back to episode 3 of our podcast. My name is Sahaj. Hi everyone, and my name is Ezra. And today we will be talking about the treatment options that are available to treat motor speech disorders, specifically apraxia and dysarthria. So first, I'm just going to give you an overview about the available treatment options. And then later on, we're going to talk about them in more detail. So treatments for dysarthria involve strengthening the muscles that are involved in speech production. It also involves changing the rate of speech, increasing the respiratory and vocal support of speech, and increasing the precision of speech production. So that's treatments for dysarthria. Treatments for apraxia include techniques to improve coordination and sound sequencing. So that's the overview of the treatments. And before we talk about it in more detail, we need to consider the ICF. For those of you who don't know, the ICF is the International Classification of Functioning Disability and Health Framework. And it's important to consider this framework because it offers us a solution towards intervention of the difficult clinical and scientific problems posed by the wide range of clientele. And it makes a significant contribution to our understanding of the motor speech disorders. So consistent with the ICF framework that Sahar just talked about, the goal of intervention is to help the individual achieve the highest level of independent function for participation in daily living. Okay, so now we're going to be talking specifically about treatment for dysarthria. So treatment is individualized to address the specific areas of need identified during an assessment. And it's provided in languages or language used by the person with dysarthria. It can be either by a bilingual SLP or the use of like trained interpreters. So for individuals with dysarthria, treatment focuses on facilitating the efficiency, effectiveness and naturalness of communication. So now we're going to be talking about the treatment approaches for dysarthria. So you get either restorative or compensatory. So restorative approaches can focus on improving speech intelligibility, prosody and naturalness, and efficiency. And compensatory approaches focus on improving comprehensibility by increasing the speaker's use of communication strategies or improving the listener's skills and capacity, and altering the communication environment. Compensatory approaches also focus on increasing the effectiveness use of AAC options and increasing use of non-AAC devices. Important to remember that treatment is not always restorative or compensatory. Sometimes treatment can be directed towards preserving or maintaining function, such as when an individual has a slow-progressing degenerative disease. Okay, so treatment options for dysarthria can be grouped into two groups. So the first would be treatment options that directly target the speech production subsystems or other treatment options. So now we're going to be looking at treatments that target speech production subsystems. So first is respiration. So in respiration, we're going to make postural adjustments, like helping the person sit upright to improve their breath, support for speech. Um, we're also going to be um, asking, getting them to inhale deeply before the onset of speech utterance, 
and using optimal breath groups when speaking. Like example, for each breath, speak only a number of syllables that can be comfortable, comfortably produced. So uh, carrying on from there, you can also use expiratory muscles to strength, to do strength training to improve these muscles. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. We had a bit of a blip. <laughs> okay, so using expiratory muscles for strength training to improve the strength of these muscles. For example, the individual blows into a pressure threshold device with enough effort to overcome a preset threshold. They're also going to be used inspiratory muscles, um, muscle strength training to improve strength of the inspiratory muscles to permit better sustained or repeated inspirations. Um, we're also going to be using maximum vowel prolongation tasks to improve duration and loudness of speech and using controlled exhalation tasks like is exhaled slowly over time. And these are going to be used to improve control of exhalation of speech. Yeah. And lastly, we can use non-speech tasks to improve subdotal air pressure and respiratory support. So an example of this would be blowing into a water glass. Okay, so moving on, we're going to look at treatment for phonation. So phonation treatment, we can use the Lee Silverman voice treatment, we can use the pitch limiting voice treatment, or we can use effort closure techniques to increase adductory forces of vocal folds. Lastly, we can also improve timing of phonation, for example, initiating phonation at the beginning of expiration. Now we're going to be looking at articulation. So we can do things like phonetic placement techniques um, to work on positioning of the mouth, tongue, lips, or jaw during speech. We can work on phonetic der derivation, <laughs> derivation techniques, exaggerated articulation to emphasize phonetic placement and increase precision, sometimes called clear speech. We can also use minimal contrast to emphasize sound contrast necessary to differentiate one phoneme from another. Um, we can also look at intelligibility drills in which the individual will read words, phrases, or sentences and attempt to repair content um, not understood by the listener. We can also look at rate modification um, to facilita facilitate articulatory precision strategies. Now we're going to be moving on to resonance. So with resonance, prosthetic management in collaboration with other disciplines, um, examples include palatal lift prosthetics and nasal obturator to include nasal airflow and resistance trainings during speech using continuous positive air pressure. So now we're going to look at the treatment options for prosody. So for prosody, we can increase awareness and the ability to control respiration, rate, and pitch to vary emphasis within multisyllabic words and in connected utterances. For example, using scripts, marked and unmarked passages. We can also improve intonation by signaling stress with loudness, pitch, or duration. We can extend breath groups to better align with syntactic boundaries 
and lastly using contrastive stress tasks to improve prosody and naturalness. So other achievement options include speaker strategies. So examples of speaker strategies include maintaining eye contact with the communication partner, preparing the communication partner by gaining their attention and introducing the topic of conversation before speaking, pointing and gesturing can help convey meaning, looking for signs that the communication partner has or has not understood the message, and also effectively using conversational repair strategies. Okay, there's also communication partner strategies, which are things like maintaining eye contact with the speaker, being an active listener and making every effort to understand the speaker's message, asking for clarification by asking specific questions, providing feedback and encouragement, and also optimizing the ability to hear the speaker and to see the speaker's visual communication cues. Okay, so now we're moving on to treatment approaches for apraxia of speech. So for individuals with apraxia of speech, treatment goals focus on facilitating the efficiency, of effect, uh, efficiency effective, effectiveness, and naturalness of communication by... This can be done by improving speech production and intelligibility, as well as using AAC, such as gestures, manual signs, electronic speech output devices, and context-specific communication boards when indicated. Just like dysarthria, um, treatment approaches for apraxia can either be compensatory or restorative. Okay, so now we're going to be talking about the treatment approaches for apraxia. The first treatment approach is articulatory kinematic approach, which includes multiple input phoneme therapy, sound production treatment, speech motor learning treatment approach. Next up, we have sensory cueing approaches. This is integral stimulation, tactile cueing, prompting, visual, and visual cueing. And the next approach is word and phrase focused approaches, which include script training. So after our word and phrase focused approach, we have rate and rhythm control approaches, which include contrastive stress approach, melodic intonation therapy, matrical pacing treatment, rhythmic pacing strategies, transcranial direct current stimulation, and AAC. Okay, so now when um, considering treatment for dysarthria and apraxia, or any treatment for that matter, you need to consider the environment and cultural differences. So for environment, you can make environmental modifications, which involves in identifying optimal parameters to enhance comprehensibility. These parameters can include things such as reducing the background noise, ensuring that the environment has good lighting, and improving proximity between the speaker and their communication partner, and using face-to-face -face seating when you are in a conversation. Now we're going to be looking at cultural factors. So views of the natural aging process and acceptance of disability vary by culture. And cultural views and preferences may not be consistent with medical approaches. Um, 
and the healthcare system. So it's essential that the clinician demonstrates sensitivity to the family wishes when sharing um, potential treatment recommendations and outcomes. And the clinical interaction should be approached with uh, cultural humility. That is it today for treatment. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is Sahar. And this is Azra. Thank you for your time. Bye. Bye.